This is Wrestling for the Faith. Wrestling for the Faith. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wrestling for the Faith. I am Casey Cage. And I am Chad Gunner Lale. Chad Gunner Lale. How are you doing, my brother? <laughs> I am well, man. I am well. Uh, got a chance to go to Cleveland, Tennessee this past week, or this past week, right in your neck of the woods, man, and speak to some kids and um, just kind of share my story. And um, it was good. It was my first one back. So I was excited, excited about it, man, getting back out on the road. So very good. How about that? First, first ministry opportunity uh, that the Lord releases you back into is in Tennessee. I know. Come on. Right. Oh, I don't know. Wrangle up everybody, lug them around. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, we've had a good week last weekend, man. We took off to Mississippi and spent the weekend with uh, some of our kingdom family down there. And we had KFG down there with uh, them on, Sunday, and then Brandon and Denna headed up uh, the the Kingdom Family Gathering at the Boys and Girls Club on uh, Sunday up here. So, man, it was just a nice. awesome time, powerful move, and good time uh, spending time with all of our friends and family. Heck yeah, man! That's what it's about, brother. <clears throat> Got to have that fellowship, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, I want to say before I. Forget to mention it. I will be at Renegade Championship Wrestling tomorrow night. That's February 4th uh, in Chatsworth, Georgia. Look it up on Facebook and social media. You can get the address and everything there. Bell time is 8 p.m. The main event is yours truly, Casey Cage, oh. taking on the RCW champion, Brent Banner. And I'm telling you what, I just can't wait to get down there and just Beat the day. <laughs> beat beat the boots off of him, brother. <laughs> Chatsworth ain't far either. So you you know, go down there, win a title, drive 10 minutes to your house, and you're set. <laughs> That's right. That's what I'm talking about. That's golden. <laughs> <laughs> love it, man. Love it. Oh man. Yeah. So anyway, uh we're gonna be jumping into something uh this week that we've had some questions about. So I ask you about uh about digging in to this. Um, the main, main topic is going to be your entry into WWE. Yeah. Uh, but I want to, I want to start back just a little bit in 2014, 2015 toward the end of your TNA run. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if if people remember you were doing the the thing with uh, Sam Shaw and then, you know, that seemed to be that seemed to be something interesting and, and something that people were sinking their teeth into. What happens after that? What what goes on there? <laughs> no, that was fun, man. Sam and I have known each other for quite some time. So we got our foot in the door together at TNA and then became really good friends and still good friends to this day. So love seeing what he's doing in WWE. But um, so we got, you know, we had this, this, uh, it was Vince Russo's way of 
trying to develop a character for Gunner to where I was not just the mad mean guy all the time, which I loved because I loved to, to act and all that. And then Sam had this creepy gimmick. So we kind of, you know, fed off each other. There were some fun promos we did, led into some matches. Um, after that, him and I both went different ways. I think he started feuding with Ken Anderson, I want to say. And then for me, that was where they kind of rolled me into uh, starting to work main event matches, like working with AJ and Sting and all these guys. Um, and then which led into fast forward a little bit, what it was in January 2014 in Manchester, our England tour, where I main evented uh, against Nick Aldis or Magnus at the time, who was the champion. Mm-hmm. And, um, dude, that was incredible. I remember doing media for that probably six months six months prior. So they were building this Gunner character. And then um, they, they led it up and built this feud between Magnus and I. Uh, which man, I mean, I remember just getting crazy praise for that match. I mean, getting on the bus that night, um, and you know, uh, John Gaburik, which was like the talent relations head guy there, come up, shook my hand, and, and told me, he goes, you know, that match is going to catapult your career. You know, whatever we look back now, we see that match did not catapult my career, but it <laughs> so <laughs> it was, but it was a lot of fun, man. I remember the hype and, and uh, being nervous because I'm like. And I'm in Manchester. First of all, you got Magnus, who was from that area, from England, uh, I think Manchester. And so in our minds, him and I are talking before the match. We're like, dude, this is going to go one or two ways. This is going to be a disaster because they're going to go out there and they're going to love you and just crap all over Gunner, yeah. which is not what we wanted. But it was the exact opposite. I remember walking out the curtain, um, live TV, and going down the ramp, and these people were just like roaring. And it was the first time I was like, because they had built me. They did these video packages. Uh, they had built the Gunner character, the, the the guy who clawed tooth and nail to get to the top, who, you know, worked for hot dogs and hamburgers, you know, running the indies. And yeah. they built this character that everybody could wrap around and care about. Um, I did war promos. I did all this other stuff. So when the match came, um, the hype was there. The pop was there. The people were there for me. They hated Magnus. They were booing him. And then at the end of the match, we did the deal where I went for the flying headbutt to win the title. James Storm super kicks me midair, and which starts our feud. Mm-hmm. So, you know, long story short, James and I did a huge big feud there, basically um, leading back up to um, probably the end of 2014. So, I mean, we could talk a lot about that. I mean, that's something I think we need to dissect one day because there's a lot of meat there. Yeah. Um, but funny thing is, dude, we fast forward to January 2015. And the whole UK tour, here I am the year prior, main event. Here's, here's how leadership in TNA went. I'm not bashing, but it's just how it was. 2015, I'm literally the whole tour sitting in the locker room working battle royals and job matches. Yeah. And uh, I'm sitting there thinking, what is going on? I was in a lot of pain at that time. My, I had a, a flared up neck injury that, that basically like almost, um, almost paralyzed my right arm for the longest time. Um, there was months of like atrophy. I mean, all kinds of stuff, man. But I remember that. And I was like, what's going on? Like even Sam Shaw, we're just in the locker room, mind blown. Mm-hmm. And then you know, a year ago, I was main eventing. And in 2015, they're just, just crushing this gunner character, which led into um, June of 2015, where I got released. Yeah. And that that's what I want to get into there. <clears throat> you mentioned TNA management and, and stuff like that at that time. Who was, who was doing creative at that time was it still russo yeah. was dutch still on there was jeff still in no 
those guys had left already. Jeff was lingering around, but kind of didn't have his, 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 his say mainly just on his character. But I think by that time he was, I think he was gone. Cause it was towards the end of, you know, the hot spike TV run of TNA, you know, yeah. we went to that, um, uh, uh, destination channel, I think is what it was called. So it was John, uh, big John Gaburik. I think that's how you say his name, which he is back in WWE now. So he was working in WWE prior. Mm-hmm. He came in as talent relations. Um, you had Eric Bischoff trickling a little bit. I think at that time he was on the outs. And then of course, you know, Dixie would, would uh, have her hand in certain things where if it pertained to her storyline, but that was really the creative team. You, you had um, uh, Dave Lagana, who had been around quite some time, always really cool with me. Um, and then I'm trying to think of some other, like Pat Kenny helped out with creative, Al Snow helped out with creative, but the main creative team was, um, was John, you know, and was kind of the main office guys. So there was not, not a huge crew, crew like you would think of in WWE, but it just John come in and, and I don't know if I did something to make him mad. I don't know, man, like, you know, how politics are like you, Right. They, they, they're hot for you for a minute, but then two months later, you're trickling down the pipeline. Right. Well, and I mean, we've got a lot of TNA discussion that we'll get into in the future. Yeah. You know, oh, like yeah. you said, uh, it was mainly Vince Russo's idea to really hone in on this Gunner character. And, yeah, he loved me. Yeah. And and I, I've heard, you know, men, you've talked about it personally. I've heard him talk about, about some stuff and, and how he saw a lot in you. And so he is pretty much pushing and driving the wagon for you here. Yeah. And then when he fades he's out, gone. so does. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he's like, Vince, you know, <laughs> he would he get, bro, bro, Gunner, we're going to make you this killer, bro. We're going to, you're going to be a champion, bro. But listen, you gotta just, just do anything. We talk to you, bro. Come on. That's how he would always talk, but he loved me, man. I was on his podcast. I think after I got released from TNA, and he just, he praised me. I'm like, dude, that's nuts. I mean, if I could have been in WCW with you, I'd have been a millionaire, baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or, or jobbing to Dave Arquette. I don't know. Well, you never know. But I mean, yeah, I don't care. Huh? That's, you know, people's got their their opinions on Russo. Uh, you yeah, know, we man. can look back at wrestling history and see where he's done some amazing writing and then where he's it's kind of mm. trash. But that's the business. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but the way the Gunner character was going and the way that you were seemingly headed straight for the top. Um, and I mean, your your in ring work, your look, you've always been all about it and you've always been solid in every area. So, I mean. All of us were sitting back saying, you know, yeah, he deserves it. This is sure. this is awesome. Uh, but. Then 2015. So we roll around June 2015 and you're released. Now, was that your decision or did you go to the office and say, hey, I'm I'm done playing these games or was. Yeah, I think it was my calls. So I was I remember sitting at catering uh, there in Universal Studios and I'm sitting there with Ken Anderson and, and somebody else, maybe Sam. And I was supposed to do something on that show. And then they come up and said, hey, Gunner, uh, you're not going to be used tonight. Man, I sat there and started to boil. I sat there and started to boil. And all of a sudden, I just get up and I sling my chair across catering. And Ken's like, whoa, bro. And I go into John's office and I said, John, I need to talk. And it was just him and I. I said, uh, I'm being under you, underutilized. I know my value. This is what you pay me. 
um, and I think you're underutilizing me. I'm better than what you guys are using me as. It was just one of those moments where I'd had enough, man. Mm-hmm. And he said, he just kind of looked at me and he said, um, if I can remember what, what exactly what he said, um, he, he goes, well, what do you mean? I was like, well, a year ago, I main event in, in Manchester. And then this year in January, I'm sitting in the locker room, John. I was like, have I done something wrong? Because if I had, I'll fix it. And I'm just having a business conversation with this man. And he goes, okay, okay, we'll talk about it. And about a week later, maybe, I get a call from him. And he said, oh, we just don't have anything for you. We're going to have to release you from your contract. And I said, okay, John, have a good day, man. Best wishes. And I just hung up the phone. And I was like, you know, so basically me standing up for myself, I think, uh, ticked him off. Yeah. And, uh, but man, it was just one of those things I was at that. I had just like, I was going through some life crisis. I had built up frustration and I just went in there and, you know, I wasn't screaming at him, but also wasn't, you know, probably super nice about it either. I was just, right. well, know, I had to say something. Something I want people to understand too. It, it's not, when I say this, I'm going to say that it's not ego. Now, everybody in the business has to have a little bit of an ego, uh, yeah. you know, to, to get around or, or you're going to be pushed around forever. But, right. but it wasn't ego. It was just that, you know, you're, you're looking for what can I do better? What, sure. what have I done wrong or yeah. what do you want me to do? You know, so I want people to understand that it's just in those situations, uh, you know, they can get really frustrating when, and sadly you've been on, on the end of that a couple of different times in a couple Man, of different yeah. companies where, you know, it seems like you're rising, rising, rising. And then yeah. you stand up for something you believe in and. Uh, sure. Uh, uh, but yeah, but you know, but on, on the, on the other end too, the, you know, the, the forgotten sons were rising and I said that the Trump tweet, but then I come back with Elias and they were really shoving me. Vince was into me. And then there was another moment where it's just the next week, the next week, the next week, where's, where's Jackson? Oh, he's in catering. And listen, some guys love to sit and get paid in catering for five or 10 years. Not me. You know, and that's the thing is, is I want to, I wanted to perform in my job. And, but then I look at it, Casey, I look at moments like that in TNA where I was on the rise and then got chopped down and got let go on the rise in WWE, got chopped down, got let go. And I'm like, well, maybe, you know, the Lord's going to use that for good some way. You know what I'm saying? He's get, he's given this kid from Hickory, North Carolina, which is a small town here, uh, 40 minutes from where I'm at right now the opportunity to live my dream for 22 years. Maybe it was just, Hey, I'm going to give you a little taste, but you know what? You're going to glorify me in the process. So I've, I've taken it and I've kept a good attitude about it. Of course I wanted to be a champion and, you know, uh, keep working for the company, but at the same time, it's not my God. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, you are released in 2015 and, I know you continue on the independence, but where do you go from there? Are you in contact with WWE or anybody else right at that moment? Or are you- actually, yeah, dude, quick. I mean, so I got let go June 15th, 2015. I instantly pick up a phone and call who, who was then uh, dash wilder. Uh, so cash Wheeler. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say, Hey, I just got let go from WWE. Do you, cause I'd been, I'd talked with edge a few times and I said, all right, I said, what, uh, cause at that time, uh, cash was at the performance center. 
And he goes, you know what? Give me a second. And he, he, um, he called Regal. He's good buddies with Regal. Regal in return said, give him my email. I touched base with Regal. I said, here's what's going on, Regal. I would love to have a tryout. Not asking for a job. I'm asking for an opportunity. Yeah. Um, matter of fact, it was probably a couple of days later, he emailed me and said, I'm going to get you a tryout in July. Now, I'm on a no uh, compete calls with TNA yeah. 90 days. So I had to call the office and say, which I think I called uh, Bob Ryder. God bless his soul. Passed away since then. But mm-hmm. and I said, Bob, listen, I got a opportunity to do a tryout with WWE. It's not TV. It's nothing like that. Can I do that because I'm under you know contract to still get paid with you guys? And he said, Yeah, that's you're fine. You're not on TV. You're just doing the tryout. So went down in June. I think it was the 12th through the 17th, maybe of 2015, and had the uh, the tryout down there. It's like a four or five day extensive. Well, a smaller tryout opposed to what some of the big performance center tryouts of like 50, 60 competitors come in. It was like me and four other guys, very intimate, just kind of mainly for Regal to look at certain guys. Yeah. And uh, so, yes, I went right into a tryout, man, no break, but kept doing indies. Right. Okay. So uh, during that time, now it's, if, if I'm correct, you didn't actually sign until 2017, right? 2017. Okay, so tryout goes well. What what happens at the end? Of so that? tryout went well. I, I kept I, a Regal pulled me in the office and said, uh, "Well, I had a tryout match with this kid who was, uh, man, if he's listening, one day he's going to get mad. He was god awful. Okay, he was terrible. And in the match, uh, we had had like a six minute match there, and Adam Pierce was the referee. They got like tryout matches. So this kid from Germany, I did a little tryout match with, and he wanted to do all this crazy stuff. And I'm like, all right, whatever, we'll just do this, 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 this. Well, halfway through the match, brother goes brain dead mm. and couldn't remember anything. So I take charge and control the match and get it over. He was originally supposed to go over, but nope. I shot on him and took a pinfall. <laughs> <laughs> got, got a pinfall. So Adam, uh, Adam, I guess maybe it spoke to Regal and said, Chad led that match. This kid forgot, and Chad led that match like a veteran. Because Adam had known me from years ago. Right. So Regal pulled me into the office after all this stuff and, and told me, he goes, you know, I, I, I noticed that you took control. You were a veteran in there. You didn't lose composure. This kid got lost. You controlled it, blah, 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 blah. He goes, well, you know, the next thing we can try and do is get you a meeting with Hunter. And uh, it wasn't that in July, though. It ended up being in November of 2000, um, November of 2015. I come back down there and uh, thank goodness I got a meeting with Hunter because it was one of those things where you didn't know if he was going to get one. Yeah. But he sat down with me for like five minutes and said, what do you have to offer WWE? And I just told him, I was like, I, I, I can work with anybody. Um, I think I can make money if given the opportunity. I think I can take a character and run with it. Um, I said, you, uh, I take care of my body. I know you're into the physique side of the business. Like a man that looks like a man. I said, I can really fight. Uh, so you want somebody that looks like a fighter and a brawler? Here's your guy. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of was like, all right, cool. It's really how the conversation went. I was, I'm like, you know what? I, I threw the suck it sign. No, I didn't do all that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We, sorry about that. We're on different podcasts. But, um, but that's that's where the conversation. And then so, man, for a year and a half, yeah, a year and a half, I just kept in touch with Regal. I didn't bug him. This is, you know, the time where um, – I got married. My daughter was born and I was doing bodybuilding shows. I was doing indie shows. I was uh, doing movies, mm-hmm. but I just kept in touch with Regal. And every, every month, just one email, sir, just want to touch base with. And I always got 
Don't have anything right now, but we're going to keep you in the loop. Don't have anything right now, but we're going to keep you in the loop. All right, fast forward to March of 2017. I'm at a buddy's house working on my this old truck I had. And he, uh, I get a call from um, Jeff Jarrett. He said, hey, we want to bring you back. Long story short, I'm trying to put this, pull this in a model here. We want to bring you back, you and Crimson, to a tag team. Together. Okay, now uh, now this what, is when Jeff had went back to TNA. Yes, and he, he was, was back to creative. Gotcha, yeah. yeah. And he, he said, we want to bring you guys back, uh, bring you guys back to do some tag team stuff. We want to do some kind of a dogs of war gimmick. And, and what do you think? And I said, well, yeah, that's fine. And then we talked about pay, and I'll go ahead and you know, say on here – I wasn't going to get a guaranteed contract like I'd had before where I made X amount of dollars per month on top of per show. They were only going to pay me $600 per appearance. And I was like, man, this just, I can't, I have a newborn child, I'm a married man at that time. And I was in my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, I can't do this, man. But I ended up going to do some vignettes with Crimson in, t- in uh, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. But when I got that call um, that they wanted to bring us back, this was after we did the vignettes. I called Cash once again, uh, Dash, and I said, dude, TNA just offered me a job. I, I don't know what to do. He goes, give me five minutes. Brother, in five to ten minutes, William Regal calls me mm-hmm. and said, we, uh, we hear that TNA wants to pick you up. I just talked to Hunter. We were offering you uh, this contract, X amount of dollars. You'll start at the end of May. We'll start getting your drug test and all that stuff's planned. So, dude, it was like boom, boom, boom. And I'm blown away. I'm like, what is going on right now? Yeah. So, I, yeah, I told TNA mm-hmm. I'm not going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, n- now, that was, uh, you know, I was around, uh, actually, I think, in, in some of uh, Mercer's or uh, Crimson's first matches. And, mm-hmm. you know, when when I seen him heading to TNA and you're there, I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm like, these are both military. I'll, in my book and mind, you guys were a team yeah. from the beginning. I don't, I don't know why that, yeah, I don't know why that didn't happen from the beginning. I want to go yeah, back man. real quick to those TNA contracts or the impact contracts because I know a lot of people yeah. who have got stuck in those contracts. And right. a lot of the boys, they're just out there looking for their opportunity, and that's great. So they'll sign any piece of paper that's put in front of them. But yes, I, I know so many who have got stuck in those contracts. They've got a year, three years, whatever it is, where they're getting paid three, five, six hundred dollars, whatever it is per appearance. Mm-hmm. And they'll do a couple of appearances and then, oh, well, we don't have anything for you for you know six months. So you're not getting paid. Yeah. So right, right. I, I just wanted to. I wanted to throw that in when I heard you say that. I wanted to throw that in for anybody out there listening. Don't just sign anything just because it's a wrestling contract. No, for real, man. Well, because when I was with TNA, when I first started security gig, my first contract was you get paid per show. And I, and I got used a lot that first year. Well, then they re-upped me, and I got like a monthly um, base salary, so like a monthly check. But on top, I got paid $600 extra per show per match so i mean at that time bro i was um we were working house shows i was getting paid an extra two three grand a week on top of what i made per month so i mean you know that's the most i ever made in my life i made my 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 last year in tna where i was making the most i think i made right at eighty thousand dollars and i was like holy moly you know like yeah but then but yeah the contracts now there's no guarantee these guys are just like hey don't get used but but also dude at the same time we could 
they didn't, they didn't really, we could go do indies. So if I was off for like two weeks, uh, bro, I'm doing two, three indies a week. And yeah. TNA didn't care. TNA didn't care. They said, no, go do your indies. But now I heard they were trying to put a kibosh on that. And I'm like, you can't do that. I mean, these guys got to eat. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard of uh, recently a couple of different people who have been stuck in those impact contracts and they're not getting used. And when they're not getting used, they're not getting paid, but they can't go to WWE. They can't go anywhere else. And so it's like, what in the world is going on? So, you know, just because they put a piece of paper in front of you and say, here, this is a contract with one of the major companies. You might want to listen. Dude, there was a difference in 2010, 11, 12, those times where I signed those contracts. I wasn't married. Mm -hmm. I was single. I didn't care. Okay, you want to pay me six, five, six hundred dollars a show? Okay, that's fine. I'm gonna work because I know I can. Because at that time I was, I had just come off the Shatter gimmick, NWA National Champion. I was rocking on the Indies, bro. I mean, if I wouldn't book with TNA, I was booked solid all weekend somewhere. Yeah. And but then when you know Stacy and I married, and Abel was born, and I got the call from TNA of, oh, we're just gonna pay you this much per show. I was like, in my mind, I'm thinking, Lord, you know, and, and my relationship with the Lord at that time was just kind of. Uh, go to him when I needed him. You know what I mean? But I was thinking, God, I can't support my family with this. Like I, I'm going to quit a full-time job. I'm going to, I can't do this. You know what I mean? I, I gave up an India tour in October of 2016, um, a chance to make good money. Cause my daughter was two weeks old. I'm like, I can't leave my wife at home or ex-wife, you know, whatever, um, with my baby, you know, I can't do that. So, you know, at that time it's different. You got to think about your family. But then when the WWE door opened up, uh, I knew that I could support them. And and luckily I was, Stacy was such an amazing woman to, to go, okay, I'll uproot my life too and let you chase this dream and I'll support you. And, and you know, that, that all worked out, man, until what, 2021 when they let me go. Yeah. Well, okay. So you said something just a second ago, and I, that was one of the questions that I was going to get into in between this limbo period from, from TNA to getting the call uh, with the contract offer from WWE you said it just a second ago, but let's go into a little bit more detail. How right. was your relationship with the Lord at that time? Because saved at 17, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, the guy that I remember mm-hmm. and it, it's, I was the same way, uh, yeah. you know, post some Bible verses here and there, talk about praying sure. here and there, but I'm a drunk in the locker room. I'm a drunk on the road and I'm going to God whenever I need a a magic genie to grant me my three wishes. Look, that's the thing, man. I will say, honestly, I, um, okay. Once, uh, one thing I will say, I never got drunk and wrestled. I, I know that after the show, different story, but even during that time, bro, um, I'm always, I'm trying to think how to word this. I've always read my Bible. There was never, I mean, there was a time where I, you know, in Marine Corps probably where I picked my Bible up like a lucky charm, you know what I mean? But even in that time, especially when my daughter was born, there's something sparked, the Holy Spirit sparked something in me of you need to get right. Mm-hmm. And I was very convicted at those moments of, of my partying and all that stuff. Um, but my relationship with the Lord isn't like, you know, it is now. I mean, I was turning the volume of the Holy Spirit down and turning the volume of the world up because I wanted to be famous and I wanted, you know, this was my idol at the time. But Stacy and I, the baby and I, we all went to church every Sunday. You know, we got our consecrated, our dedicated. And, then, you know, so my relationship with the Lord really 
was, I think um, he was really speaking to me at the time. Uh, but I was still kind of pushed back a little bit like, man, now I want to do it my way, God, I want to do it my way. But every night, bro, I mean, yeah, I can sit here and say every night I, I, I was on my knees praying. I remember on my knees praying about something and, you know, praying over Stacy when she was pregnant and yeah. over Ava when she was asleep after she was born. So, but you know, compared to now, definitely I see, I'm like, man, I was missing out on uh, a lot of true peace that Jesus Christ could have given me in those moments. You know what I mean? Right. Right. I was trying to fit in. I was trying to fit in, man. And, and I never like uh, cheated on Stacy. I never ran around with her on that stuff. But there's moments where I was stupid drunk and she's having to take care of me. You know, I'm, I'm not proud of that, but no, that's what I was. <laughs> and, and there's a difference. You know, we've talked about our differences before. You know, I thought I was saved at 14, but I never yeah. had that desire to become a new creation. You know, right. You, you, on the other hand, did. I learned religion yeah. and wanted mm to go to God whenever I needed him. You know, you sure. still, even through your struggles, had your constant relationship with him, you know, and even though you might've been turning the the voice of the spirit down and, and the voice of the world up at times, you still had that conviction. You were still being drawn by the spirit. And so that's something that I want people to really grab a hold of because, uh, you know, that's uh, – that's the big difference in, okay, is this person truly born again or yeah. did he just get religion? And right. you are the exact opposite when it comes to that, because I was got religion. You got Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And there was, and there was such spiritual battle going on at that time, man, a true spiritual warfare that you and I have talked about the past few weeks, man, of, uh, on our personal time that I realized was going on. But at the time it was like Satan kind of had me a little bit, you know, he's got me in the party life. He's got me in the addiction of porn. Even, you know, I will confess to that, that being married and, and she, she knows this uh, cause I confessed it to her after I cleaned up that uh, I had an addiction to pornography because it started when I was 11 years old, yeah. but he had me in that grip, man. And there was a spiritual battle, but it wasn't as intense it is, as it is right now. You know, my spiritual attack and spiritual warfare right now is, brother intense man and and i can go into detail whenever but it's very strong right now to the point of i'm like holy moly man lord am i this strong but i am because if i wasn't this wouldn't be pressing me so hard you know what i mean greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world so that's it amen dude amen all right so uh in our last few minutes here you are you get the contract in 2017. You uproot the family and y'all head to the wonderful, great state of Florida. Sunny Florida. Bro, listen to this real quick. I I am in the process of filming game night during this. So I filmed game night for a week. This is in April, and I have to be at WWE May 28th, 2017 to report to the Performance Center. So I film a little bit in April. I have a three-day span where I'm off. I drive from Georgia to Florida to look at this random house. I put a deposit down on this house. I drive from Florida back to North Carolina. I spend seven hours maybe with Stacy and Ava. And I feel so bad about this right now, but whatever. Um, and then, and I got a picture somewhere. I need to, I need to show you uh, of me holding Ava as I'm getting back into this truck to drive back to Georgia to film for another week. So in that time span, I'm everywhere. I'm trying to find a house. I'm getting a U-Haul reserved. I, I have no money. I'm broke. 
and I'm filming a movie that released. And, and then I literally finished filming the day before we leave. No, no, four o'clock in the morning. We're leaving that day. I drive from four o'clock in the morning all the way back to North Carolina, where I lived with Stacy and the baby at the time. And it's, um, I get there about noon, her and her brother, my brother, my mom, everybody had packed a huge U-Haul up. Now, I mean, this is the kind of woman that that dealt with me for <laughs> seven, eight years. You know what I mean? God bless her. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, Sorry, guys, but yeah. So we pack a U-Haul up and we <clears throat> we drive to Orlando, Florida. I'm driving a U-Haul, hauling a minivan, and she's driving my uh, 2001 Silverado truck with Ava Grace in the back seat. <laughs> we get down to uh, we get down to Florida a day before I got to check in. We're like just throwing stuff in this new house. It's little and everything's cramped and. Um, uh, and that's where the story begins, man. And I check in with uh, WWE the next day and, and I'm set there. We're set in Orlando for what, three, a little over three years. And then, you know, get back home about 2020. Mm-hmm. So it was, uh, it was funny though, man. It was like, I get there, the U-Haul slammed full. I had to throw a few boxes in the U-Haul and about, I think we went and slept at my mom's house the night before we left and uh, got about four hours of sleep and got on the road about 4 a.m. And drove all the way to Florida. <laughs> well, nuts. just to, I just want you to know, I, I wholeheartedly believe that, you know, and I've told you this privately, but the Lord's got that situation. He does. I, you know, I have no doubt that everything that the enemy has meant for evil, the Lord is going to turn it for good. Uh, but so y'all get to Florida, you go check in. Now, you you're you're you can't have gunner because they no. they want to own they want to own it so yeah for the first little bit you're you're just chad lale right it which was so hard for me bro yes yeah. yeah, so i'm like can we can we get a name and i'm talking to the creators and the, uh, the writers and they're like yeah yeah we, we we're gonna be working on that and and i'm like i'm chad lale wrestling these florida shows just as chad lale and it's so weird for me because like Chad Lowe doesn't have a character. I mean, I right. do, but I, as a wrestler, I did. Yeah. And it just, I'm just walking out and I'm just like, I'm lost, man. And it's affecting me at the time. Cause I had, you know, went through some injuries and stuff going into WWE that I really hid, but it was affecting my ring work. It was affecting me mentally. And I was like, and then you get to WWE and it's like, they make you feel like you've forgotten or, or you don't know how to wrestle because there's a certain way you got to do everything. There's a certain yeah. way you do this. And I'm like, Holy moly, you guys, so yeah, for man, bro, 2017, I guess for a, almost a year, I was just Chad Lale. Mm-hmm. It was a while because I was just doing Florida shows. I wasn't doing any TV uh, until you know we started linking uh, myself, Blake, and Cutler up as the Forgotten Sons, which I think we're gonna and tag in, on that soon. On that note, <laughs> yeah, uh, we're, we're gonna leave it right there because uh, we've had uh, a lot of questions on this a lot of people want to know the dirt a lot of people want to know how all of that came about how the forgotten sons came about how you guys relationship um 
you know, was and is. And right. uh, so, and then, you know, of course, that gets us to the tweet heard around the world. So we'll be discussing <laughs> the Forgotten Sons on next week's episode. Uh, so yes. if you have questions about the Forgotten Sons or the NXT era of Chad, yeah. uh, you can email us at wrestlingforthefaith at gmail.com or you can message us on the Wrestling for the Faith Facebook page. Um, mm-hmm. and I think this has That's been a great good. episode. We've answered a lot of questions. We went into a lot more detail on stuff that than I was really expecting to do. So you got anything? Yeah, me too. No, man. No, I think that, I think that's it. Just uh, no, man. I hope everybody's enjoying just a, a little bit of a change we're doing here, wrestling for the faith, man. Some wrestling, but keeping it always spirit filled as we always do. That's where our heart lies. But we, we think it's cool and a good opportunity for hey, if you got questions about my career, Casey's career, uh, anything, something you want us to discuss, please send us an email. Send us something. Yeah. All right, guys. We thank you so much for joining us. Be sure to share the Wrestling for the Faith podcast. We love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to Wrestling for the Faith. Don't forget to follow Casey Cage on Twitter at Real Casey Cage. Follow Chad Lale on Twitter at CWLale underscore Gunner. And follow the show at Facebook.com slash Wrestling for the Faith.